have a strange relationship with music. When I was younger, it was kind of my lifeline. It was the way. It was one of the ways I. It was the best way I had to express myself. I was that guy. I was the music guy uh, in a certain uh, circle of friends. And but when I got older, stopped listening to music. I started listening to podcasts. And still to this day, podcast is something that I. I that's why I don't listen to the radio anymore. I don't listen to music. I listen to podcasts. I don't really look for music anymore. And when I think about music, I immediately go back to all of the bands and songs that I used to listen to. There's always that band that wrote that one song or a collection of songs that you really enjoyed. You can't remember the name of the band because it was something so bland that it's really hard to remember the name of the band. So you start doing that thing on Google where it's like, I think this is what the words are to the song. I'm pretty sure this is how the chorus went just one more time and then be like, yeah, it was a good song and then never listen to it again for the next 15 years. And I did that recently. I did that, um, with this band called parachute and they have an album, which I probably should have brought that up. Now that I think about it, losing sleep. And on that album, um, like the first five or six tracks are like bangers. Like I love them. They're really, really good. And there's one song in particular that sticks out that's titled The Mess I Made. So this past time when I really wanted to listen to some music, I put the song on. And then something struck me about the song. And just kind of music in general. of How odd if take if you take the lyrics out of context and use them for like the basis of a story that somebody's remembering, it can make some really messed up stories. <laughs> This is Hashtag Flash Fiction, a show about writing fiction in real time. I'm your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I've been writing stories since I was a kid. There's a million ways to start a story, and you never know how it's going to turn out. It could be good, or it could be really bad. Let's see what happens. So this is Parachute, The Mess I Made. Should have kissed you there. I should have held your face. I should have watched those eyes instead of running place. See, I already like this song because it starts off kind of innocent. I should have called you out. I should have said your name. I should have turned around. I should have looked again. But oh, I'm staring at the mess I made. I'm staring at the mess I made. I'm staring at the mess I made as you turn. You take your heart and walk away. So it sounds like he's just talking about just a breakup. It's just a simple breakup between somebody that he loved and he didn't have the, the chance to explain it to them um, the way that he really felt. And now they're gone. He doesn't have that chance. Or maybe he's explaining why he doesn't have that chance. Um, but obviously that's not where my mind goes. So you're staring at the mess you made. 
the first thing my horror brain goes to is blood. Like, okay, there's blood everywhere. And that could be, we could stick with the, the love story of like, okay, it was a suicide. Like he had a chance to save her. If he just would have listened, if he just would have, you know, turned back and, you know, you know, said something to her again. And now she had committed suicide. And this is, this is the love. This is the mess he made. And I'm like, man, that's super depressing though. Oh, Mm. I hate that sometimes that's where my head goes, but I also realize that this is just the thought process. Like this is part of it. Like you have to go to, you have to go to weird, depressing and terrible shit to get to a better place. I'm thinking like it could be, he's, he's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation. And he's looking at the aftermath of Mr. Hyde. But that would mean uh, the first part wouldn't make any sense. So, okay. So I'm thinking that with this story, there has to be at least two people there. And there has to be some sort of in between where one of them was trying to pursue something and the other one didn't have the gall to speak up and they ended it. Whether that have been like a bank robbery or a crazy serial killer murder path. Mm, there's something there. Now I'm thinking of going back to that crime scene because I like that idea. I'm wondering if both the person who's investigating and the killer are maybe twins so that when he looks in the mirror he sees the killer, which is his twin brother. It's not a similar story, but it was something I wrote a long time ago where somebody was in investigating a bank robbery and he noticed that there was a piece of art on the wall that hadn't been there in, in the past. And that was like one of the killer's sign-offs was taking like just terrible dime store art and then like trying to make it look better. And then when he'd go and rob a place, he'd hang a piece of his art as he left as like a calling card. It doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> don't, why would he? I mean, because nowadays, like, God, that would be so easy to trace back to somebody if you had DNA and fingerprints. And um, you could probably figure out what kind of paint it was and then, you know, do a search of what, what art stores in the area use that kind of paint. Like, there's, but I like the idea of somebody leaving like an unconvinced or an unconventional calling card, which would be <laughs> taking taking dime store art and then painting it better and then posting it in a place you robbed. God, that's so stupid. I'm like, okay, so I'm liking the crime scene. I'm liking the crime scene that like, okay, maybe the detective would do the twin brother thing where twin brother's a killer. He's a detective. Maybe the phrase, the look at the mess I made, what he would say to his mom when his brother would mess up, he would take the blame for him. That builds a kind of interesting background for the character. I mean, we don't have to, and that's the other thing too, like with this inspiration, like it doesn't have to use every word of a song. I would like it to use just because I think it's neat and I could call it the mess I made. So I don't have to worry about naming conventions uh, when it comes to naming this thing, which I guess I hate naming stuff. What the killer they have like a a weird calling card. Now I'm thinking about that stupid bank Robbie, the stupid painting. I want him to have like a weird calling card that you know it's him. And I always enjoyed things where it was like, oh, they took a piece of jewelry 
or they shape them in a certain way or um i mean this is a movie reference but michael j fox's frighteners were the the demon would the you know shoot i can't remember his name now but he would etch the number of his victim in their forehead okay well folks i can do a clearance but it's not going to be cheap although i do offer a six-month guarantee see now i'm feeling like whatever it is has to have some sort of childhood relation to it like he would do it to animals and that's the mess that he made because he would like maybe it's his mom he takes blame for it and then his mom says look at the mess that you've made oh this is getting good now this is getting interesting okay so because my i don't want to write any more than like two or three hundred words no more than five like i think five under 500 words is perfect for something like this should i put it in first person i should put it in first person that's an important thing too because depending on what perspective you use when you're writing a story it doesn't matter if it's a flash fiction or a novel or um, anything like i feel that it, that changes how the story is perceived you know um it's very intimate when we just have a first person uh, perspective because that allows the character like there are no barriers for what the character says or hears or does because everything is in their head you are just you're subjected to it consciously all the time. And as a writer, you need to decide what parts of that is important. But as a, but you experience all of that. Like the, the writer, you're the, you're the block of what the reader is going to read. But as a writer, like you get all of that consciousness and then having the file through it, like that's a huge thing. Or you could just do third person and I have to worry about any of it. But then sometimes that comes off as like clinical. Oh, the other thing we need to do is we need character names. I hate coming up with names for anything. I don't know why. Like, if it doesn't come to me naturally when I'm doing or saying a thing, I just hate it. Like, it, I hate coming up with names because at the end of the day, they don't mean anything to me. They're just names. Some of my friends, they hate it. <laughs> they hate that I could just care less about what what something is called or what per, whatever person's name is because I play D&D a lot and... I just, I, I do name generators all the time. And the names usually come out like kick ass. And, it, you know, my DM would be like, man, this is a great name. How'd you come up with that name? I'm like, man, it's just, just a generator. <laughs> I just, all right. So this one's a goodie. This one's a goodie. Uh, Michael Burgess goes by Mickey Fletcher Knowles. Wow, why is, oh, Fletcher. That's uh, Fletch. That's why that name sounds good. Kane Pierce. Kane Pierce is. Mr. Pierce, Kane Pierce, Kane and Abel. Ooh, all right, there it is. Kane Pierce, Detective Kane Pierce. Um, so yeah, then we just start writing. God, this is already gonna be gross. Like, I feel like it's already gonna be. All right, so. We're getting there. Um, we've kind of set up the scene. We've gave some interesting ideas about what the killer has done, what's going on. I mean, it's like nobody else wants him here because obviously they, everybody knows that they probably know that it's Kane's twin brother. So he's kind of skittish around it. That's interesting too. That kind of builds up the a little bit of the fence as to what's going on because again this is a flash fiction like we're only writing so many words so every word matters so much more than it would in a novel 
And that's one of the reasons why I like flash fiction so much is because I can use it not to convey an entire thought from start to finish, but I can use it as a way to, as a jumping off point for something else. You know, like a lot of my flash fiction is because I came up with an interesting scene idea or I thought of a cool character that I want to see moving and working within a story. Um, and I don't want to sit down and outline an entire short story or a novel based on this one little thing. So rather than just saying, well, this is a kind of a fun scene I thought of, it could be used for blah, blah, blah. I'll just write a quick piece of flash fiction and I'll give characters in context, but keep it short. And then those are the things that I come back to when I'm like, all right, I need to sit down and write my next short story, or I need to sit down and write my next novel. What ideas do I have that I can build upon? I'll always go back to my flash fiction because um, when I go back and read it, I remember exactly what I was thinking or what had happened or what my influence was for that piece of fiction. And I'll be able to start like, okay, well, I already have this little bit done. So that kind of tells what's going on in this part of the story. And then, you know, start working on an outline from there. So anytime I write, I never take it for granted. Um, I always find a way to make something from it. Uh, or is if it's just to put it down on paper so that it's out of my head and I can leave that space for something else to come in and I'm not just worrying over whatever this thing is that I just wrote down. This one's, I feel like this one's gonna be very paint by numbers, um, which is, you know, it's okay. It gets you through the writing process. It gets me through just getting, again, getting it down on paper, then I can go back and edit it later. Um, but it's just me trying to get all of the, just to get everything out now out of my head um, so I don't forget it because I have a terrible memory and I forget things all the time. The kitchen that they're in and the only kitchen I can envision is the kitchen at my parents house <laughs> which is kind of a it kind of has like a like a fun like late 70s early 80s kind of decor like the paneling on the walls and the the single strip of wallpaper that lines the you know the top of the ceiling it's always just something that I know it's always home the parents house or like the bar I drink at occasionally. And it just makes it easier. It just makes it easier for me to put me in that place so I can look around and listen and hear and feel about what's going on and then let out whatever needs to be let out and keep the, the rest to myself. You know, the thousand times that I've written scenes where people were talking or doing things in a kitchen, it's always been in my mom's kitchen. <laughs> like it's, it's always there. It's always in my mom's kitchen. All right, so I would say this first draft is done. Um, according to Google Docs, we're at about three pages. Let's see how many words we're at. We're at 560 words. Okay, so we were wanting to stick under 500. All right, so the first thing we need to do is we just need to go through and just do like a quick read through. Sometimes like when you're writing things in your head and you put it down on paper, it doesn't sound right when you read it out loud. Um, and a lot of people when they read, they're just reading it out loud in their head. Or they're listening to an audio podcast or whatever. So obviously read it out. Read your work out loud. Just he looked back at his reflection in the mirror. The reflection held still, then moved in a motion that wasn't Kane's. 
Its lips moved, over and over again. Kane watched as the words, the mess I made, slipped out of its lips. His lips. Its lips. Slipped out of its lips. I think it's good. I think it makes sense. I think it's it's a fun, interesting story. It's a quick romp. Um, so now we do the dreaded line editing, which is, again, since we're dealing with flash fiction, you have to think of, like, what is... Is, is this line necessary? Is there a way that this line, this one line could sound better? Um, could you take words out to substitute a better word? Um, you know, like take out your nickel words and put in some dime words um, to kind of just shrink it down. All right, so this is a perfect example. So this line says, the body laid beside a night, this body, the body laid beside a small nightstand with a lamp on top and a cell phone plugged in. So for the reader, like, yeah, that's cool. I know what this nightstand looks like. I know what's on it. But in reality, does it matter what's on the nightstand? Does it matter that the body's next to a nightstand? Uh, with the exception of like maybe this was something intimate or something in, in intimate happened before this uh, death, this killing. Um, but what's on the nightstand doesn't matter. So I'm going to take that part out. I do that a lot. L-Y words, like a nudged is slightly. That's why it's a nudge. You don't need slightly nudged. It's just nudged. Got to make sure we use wiped and not whipped. <laughs> okay, I think it's good. I think that's... So, unless if I got to go back through and, like, really start cutting it down just to get it underneath the word count. Like, I feel like this is a pretty solid flash fiction story. Like, I feel like it's... it's It, it tells a lot without giving a lot. And it gives the reader a bunch to kind of visualize on their own. Oh, look at that. We're at 471. 471 words. There you go. So this story <laughs> is called The Mess I Made. Detective Kane Pierce walked through the apartment door shortly after he got the call. It was late, but he'd been up, hoping this call wouldn't come in. The bedroom floor was dingy, full of cigarette butts. The body laid beside a small nightstand. Kane surveyed the room and looked down at the body. He was a young man, maybe 20, split from end to end. His organs laid beside him on a bedsheet. He knelt down and pulled a pen from his pocket. There was a shuffle of feet behind him as Marcus's voice squeaked out. Oh, Pierce, <laughs> I didn't see you come in. Have you spoken to... Did you find his tongue? He asked. He used the pen to move the dead man's head from side to side. Uh, no. Who told you? And the 911 call was silent when it came in, Kane asked. Marcus nodded. Kane already knew. He stood up, placed the pen back into his pocket, and surveyed the room. His eyes stopped on a vanity mirror, just tall enough to cut off the top of his head. And there he was. The killer. Kane's reflection catapulted him back to when he was a child. He rushed home from school to find his twin brother in the kitchen, blood up to his elbows, cutting up the neighbor's cat. Kane saw the organs displayed neatly beside the body. He had just finished sawing the cat's tongue off when Kane called his name. His face was white, like he'd seen a ghost. They both stood there for a long moment, Kane's eyes darting back to the dead body. They both jumped when the front porch door slammed. 
Kane turned and stood in front of his brother. Their mother walked in, fresh from a 10-hour shift at the diner. What the hell's going on here? She asked. Kane's hands folded behind his back. Well, she said. Then her face turned to the horror when she saw the kitchen sink. Kane nudged his brother. He moved to wipe the blood from his hands on Kane's. When he was through, Kane presented them to mother. She stepped back. Her face went from shock to anger. She snapped a towel from the cabinet knob and began rubbing his hands. Damn it, boy. Look at the mess you've made. She cursed. Kane's hands began to turn red and burn from his mother's efforts. Detective Pierce? Marcus asked, pulling Kane out of his daydream. You alright? He wiped his eyes. Yeah, I just... He looked back at his reflection in the mirror. The reflection held still, and then shifted an emotion that wasn't Kane's. Its lips moved over and over again. Kane watched as the words, The mess I made, formed onto his own. This was the mess he made. A mess he could have stopped years ago. So there you go. That's, um... I like it. I think it's okay. There's not a whole lot of interesting things going on in this story. I like to write a lot of like science fiction and horror and weird fiction. So this is just kind of a gruesome mystery, murder mystery, uh, which is fine. I like those stories too. And of course, you know, the story could go somewhere. But I don't know. Right now, it's exactly what I want it to be. It's a piece of flash fiction. So let me know what you think. Um, you can find me online at on Twitter at FlashFiction4. Uh, you can email me your Flash Fiction, hello at ericmhunter.net. And yeah, so the plan is, is to do 10 episodes every week for 10 weeks. 10 episodes for 10 weeks. The other way I said I just tripled my workload. So 10 episodes for 10 weeks. And we'll see where it goes. Something to do for 2021, I guess. Until next time.